You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you want to try a free trial, go to the website builtforthestage.com or click the link in the description of this episode and you can work for seven days with your own Broadway fitness coach on an online app. So check it out. No catch, no gimmicks. Builtforthestage.com. If you like Built for the Stage podcast, please rate, subscribe, and leave a comment. It'd be greatly appreciated. All right, please enjoy this conversation. Okay, thanks for joining us on the podcast this morning. We got James Brown the third here, and he is sunbathing while us New Yorkers are just freezing our butts off in like minus 130 degree weather. <laughs> that is true. Thank, thanks for joining us, James. Where are you right now? Where are you vacationing? I am vacationing in Sydney, Australia. It was 97 degrees yesterday. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Oh, my goodness. And just leisure out there. What kind of activities are you doing out in Australia? Yeah, um, so. Well, I've been here for two weeks. The first week I was in Melbourne um, at the Australian Open because I'm a huge tennis fan. So I went to the last week we got Australian Open. Um, I did get to like uh, hang out with, uh, you know, to do a little bit of Harry Potter only because they're opening a company here in Melbourne. Um, so I hung out with uh, our director and the director a little bit. Uh, and then in Sydney, I've just been doing beach and shopping and You didn't seem to have like the typical start that maybe most actors uh, had. You you look like you were involved in a lot of things. Uh, you were interested in a lot of stuff. I saw you were a, a two-sport uh, letterman in track and field and also football. And you were really into fashion as well. Like, How was that growing up? And, and when did you finally stumble upon you know, performing? Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I grew up in California for the most part, um, in Orange County, and I, you know, like you said, I ran track and I played football, um, and actually in middle school, I also started doing plays, but just for fun, I, I actually couldn't even really tell you why I auditioned for the 
first play that I did. Um, but I did and I had a good time, so I just always did it as something fun to do, but truly my focus was track and academics. Um, so then when I went to Brown, I was studying psychology and was pre-med and I was running track there. Um, and then after my last year at Brown, I ended up getting a psych uh, research grant to do psych research on male dancers, and that's what brought me to New York. And, you know, long story short, part of the research was auditioning, um, and I auditioned for something, ended up getting it, uh, and never looking back on psych and medicine again after that. Wow. Um, but yeah, I think my background is definitely in my physical background was definitely in athletics and um, and then both of my parents are oddly enough like very stylish people and kind of really into fashion and so that I got truly honestly from that and just throughout the years that love and passion for fashion has kind of developed into uh, uh, a bit of a side career you know for me as well so when you were that's crazy uh, so when you were studying psychology and you chose to do this research on uh, male dancers, were you dancing heavily at the time? Were you really into that, or how was that at that uh, time? Yeah, so I was. So I hurdled at Brown, and my hurdling coach, you know, part of his his uh, training was just making sure that his hurdlers stayed flexible. And I was flexible because I had been a gymnast and. Um, you know, just had been an athlete uh, growing up. So I was like, well, I, I danced in the musicals in high school, you know, just <laughs> because you have to because you're a musical. I was like, if I can kind of dance and I'm flexible, so I, I might as well. So because of Brown's curriculum, you have actual electives that you can take that can be anything. So you mentioned about fashion, and on your website, there's some photos of Broadway-style guide um, with some very well-known yeah. names and actors. Um, what was your part in that? Yeah, so um, a few years ago, I guess about three or four years ago now, I started Broadway-style guide with um, four or five other partner uh, business partners. Um and uh, I was the creative director and fashion editor of it. No longer exists. We actually ended up uh, being acquired by Today Tix. And so now the, the team from Broadway Style Guide um, does all the creative stuff for Today Tix. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it was basically we wanted to create the Broadway version of like a Vanity Fair where. Um, our mission was to um, to merge the world of fashion and, and theater because those worlds are so cohesive um, and intertwined with music and with um, TV and film and even with sports. And oddly enough, it, it has never felt, or not ever, but in my time of being on Broadway, and in the last probably 20 years, it hasn't quite felt the same in terms of integration, despite being in New York City, being in like one of the you know largest meccas of fashion. Yeah, um, it never quite felt connected. I 
a little bit about your day-to-day fitness-wise. So if you're following James on Instagram or you've Googled him or you're familiar with him, uh, he's a very in-shape guy. And I'm sure we'd love to know the secrets of how to (laughs) maintain and acquire uh, a physique like yours. What do, you, what do you do on a daily basis? Just kind of run us through maybe some points of performance that kind of leads you to success. So I, I happened to CrossFit uh, when I was doing Rocky. So typically my day starts, you know, pretty early only because I'm an early riser. And I'm, but I don't leave the bed. I just am there relaxing. I email. I you know, do whatever kind of work I can do from, the, from my bed. But just to to get the day started slowly and then usually I go to the gym um, and do whatever CrossFit wad is like on schedule how do you balance really getting after it per se in the gym or chasing uh, pretty extreme goals while balancing performing or rehearsing for a show yeah um, you know I you definitely have to find the balance and it'll be different for everyone. But for me, I've, I've learned that um, working hard in the gym um, helps me um, physically with whatever project I'm working on, specifically the one, you know, specifically Harry Potter right now because it's, it is so, it's such a physical show. Um, and any show you do eight times a week, uh, if it's physical, if it's not physical, either way, you're, you're kind of doing repetitive movement eight shows a week. And so that anything like that can always kind of um, make you prone to injury just because you're, you're, you're doing such repetitive motion. So I just find that uh, working hard in the gym to really balance myself out and make sure I'm kind of hitting all of, you know, both the targeted muscles that require that are required for my job at night, but also the ones that I'm not using at night. Um, and so, to me, uh, the harder I work in the gym, um, the easier my life is on stage. Um, you know, so that's per- I just don't. I just can't like be competitive about it and, and kind of push beyond my limits. Because, you know, also at the end of the day, I'm, it's like, at this point, I'm not trying to be a competitor. I'm just uh, trying to, you know, maintain my strength and superficially just look good because most of the roles I get require me to be shirtless. <laughs> yes. Uh, dancer, singer, actor, body, for sure. Um, that's such a great point that you bring up because I oftentimes come across this so many times with performers where they tell me, Hey, I'm really interested in Bill for the stage. I can't wait to get started with you. I'm in a show right now. I'll reach out when the show closes. Um, or, you know, I get a workout in the show when really, like you're saying, the body needs to be forced to adapt and to, Uh, continually progress and when you're doing those same repetitive motions like you mentioned yes you really do get in danger of either the injury or going backwards in your fitness when you're tricking yourself into believing that 
doing this thing over and over and over again is actually okay. Yeah. And and that yeah. gets into a whole other fitness conversation of like how you shouldn't do the same, you know, three routines that you just love to do, you know, like on Friday I love to ride the elliptical for 45 minutes while reading yeah. my favorite novel, you know, or yeah. th- those same repetitive things. So that's such a great thing that you brought up. I'm so, so glad that you also mentioned that as well. Uh, you made your Broadway debut in 2004 in The Frogs. Is that right? I, I did, yeah. All right, so yeah, yeah, yeah. you you uh, performed in this mysterious show to me called The Frogs. I have to do my <laughs> my homework on it. Honest, honestly, I, I, I'm not quite sure what that might be all about. Um, but now in yeah. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, this is about 15 years later. And in between there, you've booked about, I don't know, 72 Broadway shows and, (laughs) (laughs) and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, who was James in 2004 compared to who he is now in Harry Potter? I I definitely will say my skills as an actor, singer and dancer have, have grown immensely since 2004 because you know, back then I was, you know, in 2004, I was only three years out of school and out of school, which I didn't go to to do this. So, you know, uh, my first musical out of school was Lion King, which was right before The Frog. I was doing the Lion King when I booked The Frog and I was on tour. Um, so that was kind of a little bit of a conservatory for me, which... I was taking ballet every morning in this uh, like regional, whatever regional ballet company we were in the city that we were in. They would let us take company class with them. So I was taking that. I was taking voice lessons with our associate music director. And, you know, at the point I felt like a strong actor, but those other two skills weren't really something that like I felt like I could compete with the rest of the, the community. And so that those two years really kind of helped me solidify that. Um, but even still, by the time I got frogs, it was still a learning curve. I was Susan Stroman band captain, so there was like a learning curve there. But, you know, it's my first time working with this amazing woman, you know, acclaimed a director, choreographer, so I learned a lot from her then. Um, but now, uh, you know, 15 years later, um, I am confident in my skills as an actor, as a dancer, as a singer. I'm, you know, I'm dancing less now by choice, um, but I I feel like I walk I can walk into rooms um, with people who went to conservatories, um, and you know, and and I have the you know I, I'm confident with my skills and in being able to play and imagine and, um, you know, find the truth and stuff and find the story and things and, and really kind of delve into character and just being a person. Um, and there are certainly all things that I've just learned through class and uh, amazing directors in these last 15 years, you know, which certainly had led me to be in my first straight play on Broadway. Um, I've done a few straight plays, a bunch of straight plays regionally, but, you know, in my first straight play on Broadway, 
meet Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, I, I'm a much stronger performer all around than I was in 2004. Yeah. You, you brought up you yeah. brought up people along the way that you've worked with in all of this time. Are there any fellow actors that you had the pleasure of working with that really made an impact on you in some way um, that you, you you learned from or, or really took something with you that added to your uh, self as a person or just as a performer? Um, Stephen Hoggett, who I'm working with now, but who I've worked with a bit, quite a bit, he's um, such an amazing uh, director, choreographer, movie director, fight director, he, you know, kind of jack of all trades. But he's such an inspirational person, creator, to work with in a room and create a piece. And he's really encouraged me as an actor to explore. Um, so he's someone, someone very similar to that is Alex Timbers. Um, I mentioned Susan Stroman. She has been a huge and loyal supporter and someone that's really encouraged me to explore. Um, what is that? What does uh, that mean? What does that mean to you yeah. to to explore? What does that mean to you? Um, well, it, you know, it's, it, I always think back to this acting class that I had, where um, um, one of my teachers, who's amazing, his name is Bob um, Krakauer. He's like, it's called a play for a reason. Like, either way, it, it is. It has to be an exploration because you know we have. James Brown III has experiences, has life experiences. I've, you know, traveled and lived lives and learned different things. And, you know, and so how can I explore using those ideas and those experiences? How can those things influence the characters that I play so that they're not just one-dimensional ideas? It's not just the words on the page, but how does, you know, how do I explore um, the lives of this, the life of this person, and then use that to tell the story that the, the writer has written. And so you know, especially when you're creating something, and the writer has just written something on a page, and the director is there. You know, you're all kind of trying to tell the story. Um, most of the time, it's not completely mapped out in the person's head, and it really does take. The like final step of the actor bringing it to life um, to kind of complete that that idea, but it all to me comes from exploration, comes from play, yeah, and and not not like being confined to one idea or boxed into one thing, but you know truly kind of being like a Meryl Streep or Kate Blanchett, where you're constantly seeing them be someone different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, speaking of play, the play you're in, Harry Potter, is a two-part show. So, yeah. kind of unique nowadays, actually not kind of, but very unique uh, currently in the theater. So, how how has that been preparing for it? First off, rehearsing for a two-part show, like the amount of uh, scenes and content that you had to rehearse and learn basically was like probably putting up two shows at once. Um, and then also, yeah. like, what are some of the the challenges or the fun stuff of being involved with a show that has two parts? Yeah. Um, so, 
great question to ask right now because we're in. I'm in the middle of um, rehearsing with the second year cast, so I've, I've decided to stay on for year two, um, and so I'm doing the show at night and then rehearsing for the year with the year two cast during the day, um, and it's. You know, they've scheduled a three-month process to put year two into the show. So it's about 28 people. Um, and like you said, we're rehearsing two play, two full plays. Um, and, uh, you know, so it's, it's amazing because it means that our characters in the show have, you know, five hours of content, five hours of a journey which is so unlike most shows, right? So we truly get to explore um, double the, the amount of material and tell twice the story. Um, it, it does mean more lines. It does mean more blocking. Um, it, it's more magic, so that's exciting. Um, but because of the show, because the show is such an ensemble show, one of the great things that it does is it really bonds our cast. So, you know, year two is certainly bonding as a cast, but because year one, we've been together so long, I mean, we are a tight group of people, and I've, I've never um, been so social outside of the theater with the cast before as I am with the, you know, my group at Harry Potter. And, like, you know, we rent Airbnbs on the weekend because we get two days off. So, you know, we'll go up and go skiing together. Or in the summer, we went to the huge house up, upstate and I took them to uh, pick all the bricks because, you know, they've not seen a, a NBA basketball game. I took them to a Knicks game. You know, so it's, that has been exciting. Um, one of the other huge things, because it's a British show and it's a Stephen Hoggett show, we have a mandatory warm-up every day. So despite the fact that it's a play, we, it's a, it, there's a lot of movement in it. So most of the actors in the show don't come from the musical theater world. And so it's good for there actually to be a, a, a thing in place to to make us warm up and also helps build, continue to build and strengthen that um, that idea of ensemble. So we all have a mandatory warm up at 12.30 for two o'clock show. It's about 20 to 30 minutes and it includes like a fight call and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, so that's every day. So every day we warm up together um, and, and it's, you know, it's like a, <clears throat> uh, I'm, I'm one of the movement captains, and so, you know, one of us will kind of run the warm-up, and it's either based on a Stephen Hoggett warm-up, like, specific warm-up, or, um, you know, I have some others that I do with them as well, but, you know, it's everything from circuits to, like, a dance warm-up to yoga, um, we have a vocal warm-up, um, we play games sometimes, um, so it, it's cool, it, it's cool, it is a lot of time at the theater, because, again, we are telling two stories, and and, uh, you know, we all have British accents and, and it is, you know, it is a lot of work, but it's so fun. And mm. we, you know, we all get to play wizards and witches. <laughs> yeah. It, it must be nice when you're doing, you, you know, you're, you said you're going to go into year two. It must be nice as a performer to have two uh, separate parts because, 
you know, if, when you're doing the same part over and over and over again, or the same show, when you're just doing a one part show, it's the same show. But in your case, you're kind of yeah. rotating shows each performance, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's probably one of the biggest reasons why I felt comfortable signing on for YouTube because I'm, I'm not actually sick of the show. You know, we we do eight shows a week just like everyone else, except in reality, we're doing four shows a week. So, you know, on a five-show weekend where you have a Friday, two Saturday, two Sunday, um, we're not doing five of the same show. Part two, we actually, of, of the five-show weekend, part two, we only do it twice. You know, so on a Saturday matinee, where typically Saturday matinee is rough for everyone, um, you know, we're finishing up part one on Saturday matinee. And in our mind, we know that we only have to do part one one more time that weekend. And um, the way the show is structured, part two is like a little bit more emotionally intense, but it's less physically intense. Um, so part two is kind of, for most of us, part two is like it's just an easier show. So, you know, going into Saturday night into part two, you're like, great, let's do it. Um, you know, so yeah, so I think having the two parts means that we're doing everything half the amount that you are in a normal show. All right, so I'm going to make you kind of choose something here. You have you have all these okay. experiences, right? From TV and film, theatrical on stage. Do you have any memories or memory that pops out when you're like, "Man, that was one of the best times of my life." Uh, I ask the question cuz I'm just I look at your resume, I'm like, he's got to have so many cool experiences that he's been fortunate enough to to have. And I'd love for you to just share one or two um with the the listeners out there that you know that you got to go yeah. through oh man yeah that's always such a hard question because i feel you know like <clears throat> it feels like every kind of you know every three years of one that's like ah that was you know um yeah so i uh, you know obviously dance with michael jackson is like ridiculous and literally no one else will do that again because he's not here with us anymore um uh, working with Oprah on the color purple, like she was around and we got to be at her show, and um, you know she was at the theater and amazing, uh, winning the Tony for Memphis, you know us winning and performing on the Tonys that that, that you know that that Tony Tonys was unreal, uh, was an amazing experience, you know getting to be a Disney king. And I guess lastly, like, you know, right now I feel like I'm living in an amazing time for myself. Um, I am just having such a great um, experience with Harry Potter. I love the show. I love um, the experience. And, um, and I've also just, I think, gotten to a place in my life where I um, truly understand living and it, it's very easy in this life as an actor especially as a broadway actor of kind of benchmarking your life or yeah like kind of marking moments in your life based on the show that you're in 
which is fine, but not acknowledging and experiencing the rest of life. So, you know, in the last two years, I've promised myself to live, which is one of the reasons why I'm in Sydney, Australia right now. Like, I'm making this money, I'm working eight shows a week, um, so I'm working hard and I need to play hard outside of work now. So, you know, I, I, I am creating memories for myself outside of, of the theater and and so today today is an amazing day because I love my job and I am happy you know yeah yeah moderation is key for sure um, yeah. so how did you do it er- earlier I said 72 shows but I was obviously kidding yeah. you've been in Nine Broadway shows, two national tours, a laundry list of TV film. You've been in uh, nationally accredited regional theaters. Were you lucky? Were you blessed? Did you know the right people? Like, if you were to sit down with a, a young performer and and just tell them some bit of knowledge or advice to even come close to the successful career that you have, uh, what would you tell them? Um, so yeah, that's such a great question. There, you know, it's it's it's, it's certainly the perfect storm. You know, it it um, I I would I have done a bunch of Q and A's and and talk back to masterclasses with young performers. And a few of the things that I tell them is like, you know, if this is if this is something they want to do, then they should continue to train and educate themselves. You know, that's certainly one of the most important things. And it's not wildly important where you get the training and education, just as long as you're getting it. So, you know, at the end of the day, in the audition room, you will find people who went to Juilliard and you will find people who went to, you know, Sally Struthers School of Acting. (laughs) Right. But if you both end up in the room and they need you to sing an A or they need you to tell the story, like if you can sing the A and you didn't go to Juilliard and a Juilliard person can't sing the A, like they just, they're going to cast the person that can sing the A for the most part. So like get the education. So that's one thing is to continue to train. Um, and while you're doing that, all of the passions that we, that I had in life growing up, I really leaned into them. I loved athletics. I loved um, academics. I, I was, you know, I did all of these, uh, you know, clubs and everything, like all of those things at school, in school, I leaned into them and I loved doing it. And all of those things have certainly, um, those experiences have played into, like, my ability to juggle, you know, all the things you have to juggle as an actor. Um, uh, they're just extra life experiences that help um, me explore, help me to delve into characters. Um, you know, certainly being an athlete and being competitive has helped in the audition room. Um, so all of those things that kind of filter in. And once you're here, it really is about continuing to train, um, being nice to people, being um, a person that people want to work with, um, making an impression on creative team and even your fellow actors because so much of it is networking 
at this point in my career, it's very rare, very rare that I get a job, even if it's TV and film, that I get a job that some, that I don't know someone on the team, either creatively or and you know fellow actors. It's very rare that I don't know someone on the team, um, and it's very rare that like that I've kind of just gotten the show or the job um, cold. You know, it really, it, at this point, it really is like, oh, I've worked with Stephen Hoggett five times now. So, it, you know, it makes sense that sitting behind the table, he says to the rest of the, the team who doesn't know me, he's great, let's cast him, you know. Um, uh, so being a good person and being the kind of person that uh, a producer wants to have in the room when you're creating this multi-million dollar thing is important. They, it's important for them to have people in rooms they trust because they're giving it over. They're giving this, you know, twenty-five million dollar show over to, you know, fifteen actors to tell the story. They need to be able to trust that you're going to, you know, mm-hmm. come through to, help, you know, <laughs> to, do the, to do the thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So it, it is who you know, and it is. Um, the impression you've left on them and sometimes that impression is just the impression you give in the audition room you know if you do walk into a room um, of people you don't know you walk into the room and you're yourself and you um, don't try to be someone else you just try to be the best version of yourself and then let them decide if that's what they're looking for because um, you know like it, it, you just most of the time they don't know what they're looking for until they walk into the room mm-hmm. <laughs> especially when it's a new project um you had mentioned that you drew from like experiences of your past of juggling different interests how do you juggle your day-to-day what are some daily disciplines that kind of keep you on track on a daily basis you know one of them we know is going to the gym uh, maybe how do you keep your your eating on track how do you keep anxiety down and stay um, kind of uh, disciplined and things that you have to do outside the theater with such a busy schedule there. Just kind of run us through maybe a few things that really help keep you on track. Yeah. Um, so, again, my, like my two to three hours in the morning between like 7.30 and 9.30 are really key in, in emails and any kind of like uh, you know, businessy kind of work that I can do at that time really important for me um in the gym i do intermittent fasting so in terms of eating actually it might it makes my eating so great because i start eating at 4 p.m so i'm not even thinking about food in the first part of the day um so i eat from 4 to 12 so i'll eat a you know big meal before the show i usually have a snack during the show and then i'll have a big meal after the show so that's really helpful in terms of food. And I have to eat. I have to get to take in like enough calories because then I'm fasting for 16 hours after that. Um, and I'll need, you know, I'll need that to, to carry me through that first part of my day. Um, I love Tap Rabbit. <laughs> I, I, this is a huge fan, especially in the time that I'm doing double duty. Um, I've hired a Tap Rabbit a few times to just kind of do some of those like personal assistant things that just, I don't I don't have time in the day to do. Um, so Tap Rabbit, you know, any kind of like 
you know, I guess I have the luxury of having a personal assistant to do stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so that's helpful. Um, and I swear by my iTowel on, on my iPhone, like if, if it's not in my calendar, it just won't happen. My dudes are done. Yeah. So I'm just, I, I try to stay as organized as possible in that way. When you are juggling different aspects of your life, um, uh, things don't fall by the wayside. And so I'm like a huge fan of lists in my iCal. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I think that those, that, that's the big thing. And so for, I try to work really hard from Wednesday to Sunday. So, you know, doing the show from Wednesday to Sunday, I'm trying to pack in all the like businessy things outside of that and into that time as well. So that on Monday and Tuesday when I'm off from Harry Potter, I can also try to be as off as possible from the other things. And that also helps um, balance like anxiety and that, that, you know, so I will take weekends away. I'll go down to Miami for the week. I try to do that like once a month. And really, you know, so in terms of keeping myself sane, my off days and try to make as off as possible and work really hard, um, you know, on, on the other days. So. Very cool. Lastly, for just our listeners out there that maybe are in the midst of the grind or just going through that tough time in their career now, uh, we mentioned so many great things that you have accomplished and have gotten to experience. In the midst of any of those times, was there a time that you'd be willing to share that, you know, it wasn't all butterflies and rainbows, as I like to say, and, you know, you had to bear down and, and go through some stuff uh, to keep moving forward. You know, one of the hardest things that happened for me in terms of my career was um, I ruptured my Achilles uh, in the first preview of Ghost on Broadway. And, um, so, you know, so that was, that's an injury that I had to have surgery. I had, um, it was a, a lot of physical therapy to get back and I ruptured it on doing a, um, a tumbling skill, you know, do, doing a back layout. So it was important to me that I get that skill back. Um, and it, in the time it became less important for me to to need to perform it again in an eight show week kind of thing, but I just wanted to make sure that I actually could do, you know, like I can do a back layout again. Um, yeah. But, you know, so it, it was, it was about eight months of recovery. It was about eight months before I was back in a show. Um, but, and so that was, that was hard. I mean, it was, it was hard because I, especially at that point in my career, I had been so used to jumping from show to show to show. Um, my life was, you know, like it was an eight show a week kind of a thing. And so, you know, I had the surgery. I'm, you know, I was late. I was at home for a couple of weeks before I could kind of go back to the theater. And even though I was in a booth, um, you know, I, I still kind of got to be there in the, in the capacity of, like running rehearsals and noting the show. Um, but then once it closed, I was still rehabbing. So the show closed, and now I have a few months of not being able to do anything because the show
show closed. And so that was a hard time, um, more mentally than anything, just because I was so used to being able to do um, physically. But what was great is it, it, I leaned into other passions. So well, I couldn't dance at the time, but my first love for this was acting. So that was really where I started to really focus in on on acting and singing. And um, while I was doing my rehab, I was you know taking classes and um, acting classes and 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 singing. And it just um, it helped me refocus um, uh, my wants and. It really changed that I think the trajectory of my career of not just kind of being not just dance captain understudying the principle like that had been that had been kind of the thing I was doing over and over again and that's what cast directors mean as and producers and which was great and it's an amazing career and and but my love is acting so I wanted to play the roles I wanted to dance less and, and that that injury kind of forced me to focus on that on that so um it's part of why i think i'm in harry potter now but it was a hard time it was yeah. a, it's a hard time for someone i'd never had an injury like that in all the years of, of being an athlete i had never had an injury that had kicked me out more than a week or two so um you know to <laughs> For it to happen in my in my thirties uh, was weird because <laughs> yeah. I just actually didn't have the experience of having that kind of injury. Yeah. You know, you as a athlete, you're always kind of competing with something. You're never competing a hundred percent. You always have a little ache somewhere, but this was a big ache. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's all I had for you, uh, James. Anything that you want to leave with our listeners before we go? I really appreciate the time so far you spent with us all the way out in the uh, the land of the kangaroos. So really appreciate your time. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is really great to, to chat with you. And, um, you know, yeah, I just, I, I, I like to say choose joy. How to be a good person. <laughs> And that'll do it from Bill for the Stage podcast. Thanks again to James for being a guest on the podcast. And once again, you can find him on Instagram at James Brown the Third. You'll type that out, James Brown I I I, or his website www.jamesbrownthethird.com. Same way, jamesbrownii.com. If you're a listener who's a performer and you're still kicking around whether you should try out the program or not, now's the time to do it. Do a free trial and let's become fitness buddies. Go to the website and fill out the contact form at www.builtforthestage.com or DM me on Instagram at builtforthestage. Thanks again for tuning in. It's me, Roscoe, signing off. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.